Welcome back to Yinzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. Today, he talks about John Fetterman's extended absence. Okay, where the hell is this guy? I mean, he ought to change his name to Chuck Norris. The guy's been missing in action so damn long. And what the hell's wrong with this guy's wife? Going down to Niagara Falls with the kids when they get a long weekend from school. How about you go see your dad? It's depressed. Maybe that'll make him happy. I'll tell you what, something ain't right with all this. And also, now that he's done flown over to Cuckoo's Nest or whatever and been 302'd, does that mean someone's finally going to take away this guy's shotgun? I mean, the only thing he should be shooting is a video of him holding a sign that says, the date's February 28th and the Steelers currently hold the 17th pick in the draft. I mean, could we get some proof that John Bong Jovi Fetterman is dead or alive over here or what? This has been Yinzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode 40. And you just heard Yinzer Thoughts from our recurring guest, Ernie Kersey. Joe, happy Tuesday. What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. I'm just looking over these show notes and I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous. This is, this is a podcast for normies. This isn't necessarily a conspiracy podcast. I just don't know if some of our listeners are prepared for what we're going to talk about today. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous going into this one. I just want all of our listeners to know, and we welcome our our newest listener uh, in the Russian Federation that we picked up in the last in Russia. We thank you. That is not a joke either. Um, if you're listening, <laughs> Russia, Israel, Norway, Great Britain, we are truly worldwide. But I want all of our listeners to know the amount of work that. Dr. Corsi puts into this episode. The, the show notes for this episode are extremely detailed and extremely lengthy. And your boy is doing the Lord's work and spreading the gospel according to Joe. Um, that's why we call you, Joe, the American muckraker, now that James O'Keefe is gone. So well, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. We... We are not going to talk about, I'll tell you one thing we're not going to talk about today, and that is the train derailment in East Palestine. We've spent a considerable amount of time on that. We will revisit that uh, in the coming weeks as more things start to come out with that. And we start to get some answers. Hopefully, Joe is working on getting some answers. But we're going to lead off today with an AI-generated video of what it would look like if Joe Biden brought back the draft do we know who made this joe it was on jack posobiec's twitter thread and what struck me the most was i i didn't know if it was real or not it it looks legitimate it looks like any other video of biden which brings me to the question are there other videos that we're told are real of joe biden that are actually all ai but it looks very legitimate very real to the point where it took me two seconds to figure out that it was fake because Jack Posobiec even discloses that, yes, this is, this is um, a forward, uh, a sneak preview of things to come, he says. And he made it very clear that it wasn't real. It was just an AI generated. But when you hear it for the first time, it, all, it just it feels real. It feels like this could really happen. This is the direction we're going in. It's, it's really real, Joe. In, 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 as we move forward here, I mean, this is 2023. We go into later this year, 2024 and beyond this decade, into later part of this decade, the lines are going to be blurry, Joe. We truly are not going to know. It's going to get to a point where we're not going to know what's real and what isn't. I mean, that sounds scary. That sounds science fiction, but am I wrong? You're not wrong, but you think of it as a game of poker. We have we're Matthew Damon and what was the movie? Rounders? Yeah. Or no, wait, was it Rounders? Yeah, we, we know the tell. The tell is the news media. Whatever they say, it's usually 99.9% of the time, it's the opposite. They're even Fox News, MSNBC, CNN. That's the tell. That's how you could, when you hear something on CNN, MSNBC, when the media 
all in lockstep, that's that should be a red flag right there. So that's the only way. That's that's the only advantage we have is if you're if you're if you're paying attention, you know, the media has been caught in so many lies that they've lost all credibility. Credibility. So anything you hear from them that's in lockstep with each other, more than likely do the opposite, or it is the opposite. Well, we are going to talk about one of those lies later on this episode that, uh, as Dan Bongino said, the media has been self-immolating uh, <laughs> over. Um, but do you want to play that video? Yeah, we're going to play the video. It's only about a 17-second clip. Okay, Just this for, is, our, this... for our listeners, this is not – this is AI-generated, the voice, everything. This this didn't happen yesterday. This didn't happen today. Could it happen in a couple of weeks or a couple of months? Maybe. But this is an AI um, version of what, what it would be like when Joe Biden calls for a draft. I'm going to play it now. Legal Russian offensive has been swift, callous, and brutal. It's barbaric. Putin's illegal occupation of Kyiv and the impending Chinese blockade of Taiwan has created a two-front national security crisis that requires more troops than the volunteer military can supply. I have received guidance from General Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, that the recommended way forward will be to invoke the Selective Service Act, as is my authority as President. The first to be called in a sequence determined by National Lottery will be men and women whose 20th birthday falls during calendar year 2023. Scary to think of. Scary. That is artificial intelligence. You really can't tell. You you look at his lips and you could kind of tell that that, that's not, if you really focus on his lips, that's really the only dead giveaway. And his voice is a little tiny bit off, I think. But other than that, that fooled me for a good five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's something else, man. It's something else that they're able to do do things like this. So, what is the basis behind this, Joe? I, I, I well, well, first of all, this this is what happens whenever we have people that in our government that don't have our best interest in mind. Hopefully, this is this never happens. But if it does, I think it'll wake a lot of people up. Uh, if you if you haven't been paying attention, when all of a sudden um, it was COVID, COVID, COVID. And then you woke up one morning and everyone had a Ukrainian flag flying on, from their house or their porch or their yard. And you said, what the hell happened? What's going on? The media has been mentally preparing us to go to war for it seems like nearly a year now. Um, and if they use propaganda, let's not lie. If there's one thing that I've learned watching the History Channel my whole life or reading history books is that the American people, they'll do anything in the name of patriotism. So the media can play on them strings. Now, our government also knows that. Keep in mind, our government and media, they're, they're in cahoots with each other. They're, 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 they're holding hands. And they're going to use this propaganda against us to achieve goals that they want, not necessarily ones that are in the best, the best interest of this country. So think back, 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 all the way. We can go back over 100 years. Propaganda has been used in this country both to get us to enter a war or to get us prepared for war or make war cool, anything. I'll give you some examples. The USS Maine. Mark, you're, you, you teach. The USS Maine is what got us into the Spanish-American War. Um, the results from that war were good, but a lot of questions remain. Was that a false flag? Also, um, I'm, the, I'm saying these out of order his, for historical um, reasons, but the German Hun, supposedly in, in the days of World War I, the Germans um, were killing tons of Danish, I believe, um, citizens, all, all kinds of, and they were compared to the Hun. That was an effort to get America involved in World War I. It didn't work. You know what did work? The sinking of the, what's the? Lusitania. Yeah, Lusitania. That's what got them in. And there's been a lot of questions on that, if that was a false flag, okay? Um, I could go on and on. Rosie the River, remember her? That was a form of propaganda to get women involved in the workforce so that more men could be shipped off to war, World War II, and, and, and you wouldn't notice it as much. The Gulf of Tonkin, that got us into Vietnam. Was that a false flag? Go online and just look it up, and it's almost accepted that the Gulf of Tonkin was a false flag used to get us involved militarily in Vietnam, and that cost how many tens of thousands of lives? Good American lives. What else? We go on and on. Um, 
babies in, in incubators. Saddam Hussein, the Republican Guard, ripping babies out of in, incubators and throwing them on the ground to die. That's an excuse for us getting involved in Desert Storm. Turns out that was a total lie, completely debunked. Fuck it. You know what? I'll say 9-11. 9-11. All of a sudden, two planes hit a tower. Another one hits the Pentagon. And then we have a passport flying down to the ground, dropping. And what happened after that? Where did we invade? Iraq, Afghanistan, a couple other countries. You know where we didn't invade? Saudi Arabia, where most of the suspected terrorists came from. Another false flag. Um, just pay attention to your surroundings. Don't believe the media. Do not let this propaganda they use against us, don't let it work again. Don't be fooled. You make great points, Joe. You make all great points there with, the, with these uh, uh, reasons to go to war. And I, someone told me, it was, what was it, last year? A few months ago. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast or not. I may have. I feel like one of those times I, I think I said this before. This, this person told me, he's a very smart guy, conservative, said, Joe Biden is going to lead us into World War III. I was like, no way. No way. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That seems like a stretch. And now we can pretty much say that that might be a distinct reality because the warmongers in Washington, D.C. don't have any appetite for making Ukraine sit down at the negotiating table with Russia or whoever, third party, an intermediary, in negotiating for peace. It's a blank check we're sending over there. We heard Mark Milley, of all people today, say that Ukraine is going to have to negotiate at some point. From what I've been hearing on different podcasts I listen to, a lot of the aid that they said has been provided to Ukraine Will be, will be dried up and, and done with by summer. So they're going to need even more come summertime. And who knows what they'll need after Russia uh, launches this uh, quote-unquote offensive they're supposed to launch. So at what point does our government lead us down the road to World War III? We have China calling for peace in Ukraine. So does that mean China is going to then not invade or take some sort of action against Taiwan? And Joe Biden has straight up said, we're going to defend Taiwan if China um, acts. So, again, for the, for the liberal left listening, we didn't have this problem from 2016 to 2020. We were at peace. It was peace. Pax Romana, except it was Pax America all over again, you know. But now the person that you voted into office has an insatiable appetite for funding this war. So, Joe, what do you think about that? You're, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, well, there's no end game. And that, that's the worst part. There's no end game. Like we said, in every other war that we've won in the past, World War One, World War Two. There was an end game. We knew what we had to do. It wasn't until we got involved in wars that were the the the, the overall objectives were very gray. Vietnam's a good example. What the hell? What, what was what was the goal in Vietnam to keep the South Vietnamese government propped up to protect uh, democracy or capitalism, whatever you want to call? It. That's not a real goal when you're fighting a war. The goal in a war is to defeat the enemy or bring them to the table. It's, 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 I feel like it's a very simple to understand. Yeah. And what That's happened what? after we left Vietnam, Joe? I don't know how long exactly it took, but for those that, that paid attention to Afghanistan and that helicopter is on the roof, they, they were overrun in a matter of months, I think. They, they didn't, it almost seemed like they really didn't want to fight for their freedom. I'm not saying they, they didn't, but should fall that quick after we left. And it was a disaster. You had people climbing over the gates of the embassy, trying hanging off helicopters. It was exactly like how it, 40, 50 years later in Afghanistan. Exactly. That's, what I, that's the point I was, trying to, I was trying to get you to make there. The same thing happened in Vietnam, in Vietnam as it did in Afghanistan. Almost identical. As soon as we left the country. It was scary. Scary how identical it was. It, it was almost exactly identical. Yeah. So... 
and you're right. There is no end game in Ukraine. Well, I think there is an end game, but it's not the end game you might think. You as in our listeners, Joe, you're going to get into that uh, in in a moment. But again, when is this going to stop? Is my question. And number two, the question we asked before: How do we get the never Trumpers to vote for Trump uh, in 2024 if he is the nominee? That's our biggest question. Um, what else do we have, Joe? Next up in this, um, we want to get into COVID in the Wuhan lab fact checks because we saw this week. Uh, was it yesterday, Joe, or was it Sunday? Um, Sunday. That. Uh, yeah, it's a convenient time to release some news. That they determined that who was it? They is in the energy. Energy Bra- brace for impact. The this is, energy. I swear. I swear this is like the second or third time that this has been confirmed in the last couple months. I swear this came out in the fall that COVID actually originated in a lab. Originated in a lab, Joe. It didn't originate. It didn't jump from a bat to a human in a Wuhan wet lab. Well, it may have. And you're going to get into that. Well, well so, wait, wait a minute. How the hell? What the hell is a bat doing at a wet market? I thought that's for fish. None of it made sense from the freaking beginning. You no, know, it just so happens that maybe some of those people in the Wuhan Institute of Virology may have been shopping in that wet market because it's in Wuhan. But um, you have a few great hot takes on this, and you have some uh, information you're going to drop on our listeners that people need to brace themselves for this because this is a lot to take in. So take it away. Okay, so first I'm going to read you a few um Twitter things here. One's a thread from Comfortably Smug, and that's at Comfortably Smug on Twitter. He said, it's time to once again shame everyone who lied and tried to shut this discussion down. Here's a thread. So this is from the Washington Post. He names them. Uh, I could do this for an hour. Washington Post. These are all headlines. Tom Cotton keeps repeating a coronavirus conspiracy theory that was already debunked. He repeated this fringe theory suggesting ongoing spread of a coronavirus is connected to research in the disease-ravaged epicenter of the Wuhan facility. Um, he says, in a now retracted fact check, PolitiFact gave, Tucker Carlson, gave a Tucker Carlson guest a pants on fire for the quote-unquote debunked conspiracy theory that COVID came from a lab. Uh, Media Matters. Influen- influential podcast host Joe Rogan spread an unfounded claim that COVID-19 comes out of a la- lab in Wuhan, quote-unquote. Um, there's still no correction on that piece, of course. Um, here we go next. Facebook banned any mentions of the lab leak following consultations with leading health organizations, including the World Health Organization. Um, New York Times reporter. The lab leak. This, this is my favorite. I remember this one. The lab leak theory has, quote unquote, racist roots. Now, this was after the Wall Street Journal reported that the Wuhan researchers were hospitalized with COVID-like symptoms in the fall of 2019. For those in the back, fall of 2019. That comes before the winter of 2020. Uh, this is from, I don't know who this person is, Aporva Mandavila. She, she has a blue check. This is from May 26, 2021. Um, someday we will... Someday, I swear, we will stop talking about the lab leak theory and maybe even admit its racist, racist roots. But at last, that day is not yet here. Um, after Trump, this is all from Comfortably Smug still. After Trump and Pompeo floated the lab leak theory, CNN's Don Lemon, how far are off are the president's claim compared to what your sources are telling you? And this is um, from CNN senior reporter Alexander Marquat. Well, Don, they're pretty much the exact opposite. Really? Who else? Let's do Nicole Wallace. Donald Trump is turning his intelligence community to now investigate a conspiracy theory about COVID coming from a lab in Wuhan. I, I, I could do this all day. Vox. Um, in a public health crisis, conspiracy theories are a distraction. It's our collective responsibility to stay focused on keeping, keeping each other safe. And no, coronavirus did not start in a Chinese lab. From Julia, I don't even know what the hell her last name is. That article is still up. We could go on and on. Self-immolating. I mean, this 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 is disturbing. One more, and then we'll 
This is from Laura Helmuth, and I believe she's someone important. I'll, I'll look her up after. On CNN, former CDC director Robert Redfield shared that the virus came from the Wuhan lab. Epidemiologists and virologists are doing heroic and urgent work on social media, debunking everything he said. Thanks so much to them. For journalists covering this, get the science right. Make it clear that Renfield is not an authority on the relevant science and be aware of the xenophobia under, that underlies it. Part of a damaging history of blame China. She's the editor-in-chief of Siam. She's formerly with the Washington Post, Slate, Go, all the, all the right ones, all the ones you would expect. Now, turn around. What happened the day before this? Woody Harrelson was on Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you heard it, but he, he did the movie. I did. Oh, and he got – they were – they came out in full force against him for what he was saying on Saturday Night Live. Well, now they – It was almost the same thing as this. Yeah. What he was talking about. So why are they still doing it? This is from Rolling Stone literally the, the, yesterday or two days ago. Woody Harrelson spreads COVID conspiracy theories during SNL monologue. The biggest drugs cartel in the world got together to buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and take their drugs. Why is Rolling Stone pump, putting around, putting around in, in the shotgun and shooting themselves directly in the foot? Why are they doing this themselves? <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's a rhetorical question, but can you even think of an answer of why? Why do they? Are, are, are they just like? Are they fighting a rear guard action here because it's not going to work? It's just you're losing credibility. People have suffered for coronavirus. People lost their businesses. Some lost their lives. Some got depressed. Some killed themselves. Yep, and and I just I, I I can't figure I can't figure it out why they would keep on. Do we um, have Woody Harrelson's monologue? Can we play that at some point? Um, is it too long? It's it, it is just like, the one quote. What about it is like six minutes about, long? I could try to about, find the one quote. Um, I don't know if I am. Or I currently not. have an AirPod in, so uh, I cannot play audio from my laptop into the AirPod. But um, Woody Harrelson, yeah, I mean, he was. Did he go off script? I don't know, but no one in the crowd laughed. Maybe I noticed was, that. Maybe, no one in the crowd laughed. It was more like they were like, I don't even know if they were like shocked. Now Talking about the drug cartels, a.k.a. Pfizer. Yeah. Amazing. The opening monologue brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What else do we have with this? Uh, I'm not going to play because it it's three minutes long because she just rambles, rambles on. But Corrine Jean-Pierre when asked yesterday at the press conference, um, she defended Dr. Fauci and said he saved lives in the face of the lab leak conclusion from the Department of Energy. Dr. Fauci, because they were trying to blame this on Dr. Fauci, because for those of you who are just waking up from a coma, and I believe it was the summer of 2021, emails through the Freedom of Information Act, I believe, or something surfaced of that Dr. Fauci knew it was from a lab. He knew it wasn't natural, and they were trying to hush everyone up. But Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre said, Dr. Fauci has spent his career saving lives, whether it was the AIDS epidemic or this once-in-a-generation pandemic. I disagree on the AIDS part wholeheartedly, but we'll get to that in a later episode. Now, more than 6 million deaths have been attributed to COVID-19 worldwide. And Fauci's financial fingerprints are all over this. Just his fingerprints in general. And this is from uh, Vigilant Fox on, yeah, at Vigilant Fox on Twitter. Um, and they have the full three-minute video from the press conference. You can go on and you could check that out for yourself. But Dr. Fauci's fingerprints are all over this. Why the hell is he still get to walk down the streets? Bring him in for a couple more questions, please. Um, so this is going to bring us to my rant, Mark. Do you have anything you want to add before I go on a total tangent, I think? On this, no. But I did want to go back before we before you go on talking about when you're talking about AI. I forgot to mention uh, Elon Musk wants to form an AI rival to chat GPT since some of these AI, uh, you know, have a left leaning bias. Elon Musk wants to come up with one that may, might be a little bit more down the middle or maybe a right leaning bias. But thank God we have Elon Musk to save the day again. But Joe, take it away. Okay, so after they admitted this, it seemed like the second time, and it's finally catching steam, it makes me question, why are they admitting it now? What are they trying to get ahead of? And I have to ask, did it really come from Wuhan? Man, 
But was it developed in Wuhan? Or was it somewhere else? Could it have been created in uh, China, Ukraine? China, Ukraine is an actual place where there is a biomedical research facility. Now, um, if that was the case, could it have been created there and then released in numerous places? One of them being Wuhan. Now, so they came from a lab, but again, won't admit it was created there. Well, where was it created? There's it wasn't created at all, and I'm filling in the blanks here a little bit. But if you believe that it came from a bat and it occurred naturally, give me a give me a break. Where was it created? They are hiding something. If they had it in a lab, get there. Was it engineered and then shipped to the Wuhan lab via? And I'll remind some of our listeners about this happened in Pennsylvania. The monkeys, the lab monkeys, that were scattered on the highway after an accident. And one of the women got sick after encountering the monkeys. So, do I know? No, but maybe. If so, that means that the West used Wuhan as the cover story to hide biological facilities that were actually run by Western countries in Ukraine and that performed gain-of-function testing. So, was this designed to look like a natural spillover event? And that term is from BioClandestine on Twitter, um, the natural spillover event. Also, the Western countries made a vaccine really quick for this surprise once-in-a-generation pandemic that started naturally or was created in a different country named, named in Wuhan, China. That should be a red flag. So let's wargame some other things out here. What did the virus put an end to? Trump's great economic gains. That's one thing. Great economy we had before in 2019. Things were really turned around. Stock market was up. Economy was doing great. What else? We had, we had an election coming up. It put an end to his huge rallies leading up to that election. What else did it do? New laws for voting that made it easier to cheat? In my opinion, yes. Did it make everyone wear masks? via from you know A lot of people were afraid, but they used mandates too. They had everyone in a mask. You wanted to go out and shop. You wanted to walk the streets, wear a mask. What happened as soon as the mask mandates were put into effect? You had nationwide riots involving Antifa and BLM. Cities burned. And criminals were harder to identify and blended into society a lot easier because everyone was wearing a freaking mask. Is that a coincidence? Maybe, maybe. But how many coincidences are we going to have to add up here until this is actually statistically impossible? Now, let's war game in a different direction here. Um, what would have happened if Trump challenged the COVID narrative any further? You saw what happened whenever he mentioned um, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. They, they took him off the air immediately. Uh, it, 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 was, it was Orwellian, we'll say. Um, would the media have attacked him in, until he lost all credibility right before an election? Yes, that would have been the main focus. That would have been the na- main story in the news cycle. So what, what did he do? What did he do? It was genius, in my opinion. He let all these people expose themselves. Sure, it might have taken three years for some people. Some people only took a few weeks or months. Um, they were able to figure it out. But what if he would have come out in March in, of 2021 and said, this is March of 2021 after, you know, he wasn't president anymore. What if he would have came out then and said, Hey guys, you know what? This vaccine might not be working. It might not be all that it's advertised to be. What would the media have done? How they have reacted? Just picture it in your brain. I don't have to tell you. Sometimes you, you can't just tell the public the truth. You got to show them. And sometimes you show them by having them see things for themselves. Now, Trump didn't create the vaccine. Did he give a lot of funding to Big Pharma for it via Operation Warp Speed? Yes. But what did that do? Think logically. It gave everyone a choice. At the same time, it ruined someone's plan to lock us down for another four, five, six, maybe even a decade. I don't know. A lot of years. However, Nobody came to the, your door to give this vaccine to you or force it on you. Nobody forced you, at least not in this great country we live in. You had a choice, a simple choice. You could listen to the government and Big Pharma and take an experimental drug for a virus that had a 0.0001% death rate, or 
you could think logically and say, no, there's too many red flags. I don't even know where this virus came from or if it was natural or, or man-made. And in closing, um, there's going to be a lesson learned after we're finally through with this. And it's not just a lesson for, for you, the listeners, or for me, or for our neighbors. This is going to be a multi-generational lesson. We have to make sure that never again people quit paying attention. And this, this could never, ever happen again. And then, Mark, I, I don't know why I wrote this in here, um, but there's a few things from the Declaration of Independence, and it makes sense now. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them to another and assume among the powers of the earth that separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. Um, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to, and to provide new guards for the future security. So it's basically telling you in the Declaration of Independence that when a government becomes too tyrannical or lies to its people or steals from its people, whether it be a tea tax or for sending money to a foreign country called Ukraine, it might be over okay to overthrow that government. I'm not, I'm not promoting that. I'm not saying you should overthrow the government. But how bad would it have to get for you as a citizen to raise the black flag and say, enough is enough? And Mark, I don't know if you know the symbolism of a black flag, but you can go ahead and Google it. And that's my rant. I, that's amazing. That was a great rant. That was a great, great um, few minutes of this podcast. How bad does it have to get for you to raise the black flag and say enough is enough? I think for a lot of people in this country, they're there. They're at that point. People are saying enough is enough. People are raising and waving that black flag. But for 50% of this country, 40% of this country, they're perfectly content with the way this has played out. They're perfectly fine with mask mandates. They think masks keep them safe. They're perfectly fine with having to take five vaccines. They're perfectly fine with the liberal left destroying this country from the inside out. They're perfectly fine with President Biden because they hate Donald Trump for whatever reason. And so I don't know how this is all going to end, Joe. I don't know how we get the, that, that 40 to 50% of the people. And when you said we just have to show them, we are showing them, but yet they refuse to see that. It's like they see something else. Uh, when in reality, their mind doesn't allow them to actually see the truth. But I don't know how, how we get them to come to the other side we some people might just be docile and no matter what happens they're just going to be docile if you remember during the revolution i believe it was only like something like in 1775 three percent of the population was all that was going against like the biggest empire in the world and they somehow won because sooner or later through a revolution more people jumped on the bandwagon yeah yeah it was a very small it got small, that bad. small number yeah, it was a very small number. Um, I mean, I, yes, we did have, but but people, we don't have the media that we, I mean, there, there was a media, quote unquote, back then, you know, in the form of newspapers that printed propaganda, but nothing like we have today. Uh, it, it was just a much different time. I, I, honestly, it's, what did we say before in this podcast, Joe? You just keep repeating the same thing over and over again. And if you say it loud enough, people actually begin to believe you. The media could actually be used against itself because as, as soon as a certain breaking point is reached where they realize that they've been lying through their teeth, not just about COVID, but about a lot more things, it, there's going to be a quick tipping point. It's going to be like an iceberg flipping over, I think. I think, Joe, how this is going to play out with the media itself, we'll just look at the media right here, is that we see the demise of cable in cable news at a very, very rapid, rapid pace um, from cord cutting to people getting their news in different ways 
to CNN's all-time historic low ratings, to MSNBC finishing, uh, you know, behind Fox News in almost uh, every category, to most of the, you know, most listened to voices and programs in the media today are conservative media voices, from podcasts to streaming to even on cable news. Why haven't we turned the tide yet on, on with this? You know, when we when you look at all these numbers, it, it just it just blows my mind that we we're not fully there yet. But maybe we will one day. I don't know. Um, I think if cable begins to continue its slide into being irrelevant, um, I think more and more people are going to be getting their news from you know other sources. So we'll see. Just remember, though, the revolution didn't start in 1775 at Lexington and Concord. The, 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 the seeds were sown probably a decade before that, okay? And it wasn't really over until, we'll say, 17. There was infighting after. So it really wasn't over until 17, you could say 83, but I, I, I say 86. It, it could have been long, could be 87. We're, this is a long process. People got to, you got to buckle up your chin strap and you got to get ready to, you know, it's going to be a long grind. That's, that's, that's all I can say. This isn't going to be something that's going to be over in 2023. Clearly these people just, just, just like any child when they're caught, they're not going to throw their arms up and say, all right, you got me. I'll tell you everything. No, they're going to tell another lie that covers up the other lie or tell a half truth. And I think that's what we're seeing here with some of these admissions. You know, do you think people, Joe, are actually aware have the self-awareness to, to hear when you hear these things that it came out of a lab and, 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 I, and I'm just talking about the, the 40 to 50% of the loony left who called it racist, who refused to believe that it came out of a lab that, you know, called Donald Trump a conspiracy theorist when he proposed this two, three years ago. What do you think these people think, Joe, when they hear this now today? What do you think um, goes through their mind? I'm thinking they, they probably think, oh, shit, we better come up with a new news cycle to cover this up. So we can't report on this anymore. We'll, we'll admit it and let's move on. Let's admit it and let's move on to a new narrative. And then people forget about it. You could you could name it with a thousand stories. Yavalde, I could go back forever. But this COVID thing was a big story because the entire world, not just the United States, the entire world stopped for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. And everyone paid attention, but when they were paying attention, they were getting bad information from our criminal media. Criminal. Criminal media. <sighs> oh, man. It, sometimes I just feel so hopeless, you know, against this stuff, but um, I, I'm still big on the United States, and I still think well, It's um, it's not necessarily the United States. It's the government of the United States. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I said I I still think our, our better days are ahead of us. Well, what what I said, you must have caught for a second. It's not necessarily the United States. It's the I'll call them selected the selected government of the United States, not the elected. The selected government of the United States, just like Chinese people aren't bad. It's the CCP. Just like you can name a country, name a country and have fun, have fun with it. It's not necessary. It's not the people. It's the government. And when the government has control, I, I mean, it, it gets a lot harder. The only thing about this country is we had very smart people almost 300 years ago come up with a nice set of laws and rules. And, and some of these cannot be infringed, like your First Amendment. They, they'll try. They'll try to limit your speech and say, this is hate speech. You can't say that. You can't say fire in a crowded theater because that could lead to something. But we have rules that were given to us, not by our government, but by God. God gave us this. God gave us these rights. So the government has no right to try to take them away. And if you do, up goes the black flag. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not advocating for overthrow the government. And for those of you that still haven't Googled it, um, the black American flag is a black black flag that implies um, 
no quarter given that may even imply a willingness to use lethal force against perceived enemies. Now, the black flag is the same thing. Pirates flew the black flag. It meant that enemy combatants are going to be killed rather than taken prisoner. Um, and then, obviously, the white flag means surrender. So raise the black flag. Let the, I mean, you're going to have to be enough people are going to have to care and we're not there yet. I just, I, I don't, I don't know how we get there. I, I don't. I don't know either, you know, and, and this goes back to not only COVID, but the hundreds of billions of dollars we're sending to Ukraine. When are people going to say enough's enough? You know, when are people finally going to say this needs to stop? You know, why can't we, t- we take care of Americans first? You know, why do we care about Ukraine? I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but this is just another example of our government doing these kinds of things. You know, we didn't vote for this. This isn't what we voted for. This isn't what we signed up for. Yet, we literally have no say in that. I mean, they're just shipping, you know, weapons and tanks and guns and planes and missiles and hundreds of billions of dollars of our taxpayer dollars to Ukraine. And we don't have an end game. So, uh, let's, do you want to move on to the next topic? Um, yeah, we actually, we're going to touch real quick on this Ohio train derailment. I'm just going to play two quick videos. Um, let me see here. Let me pull it up. This is from at cheese spiff. On Twitter, I don't know where he got this video from. Um, it's from so the video is from at Status Coup on YouTube. Um, but this is a guy talking about flooding. A thousand dollars to see if they can hush him up a little bit. But there's some people that are devastated by this, and they're not going to be hushed up. And if if a lawyer doesn't get a hold of this, get him right by the balls and make them do what they're supposed to do, then it ain't going to happen. This creek, when it floods the first time, is going to be in the Ohio River. They can't clean that chemical out of that creek. For four miles of creek, that's going to the Ohio after the first flood. That, that, that should scare some of you. I think we're upstream from that, Mark. But I think it's like, on the map, I think it would lead into like the top half of West Virginia first. Or like that southern, southeastern part of Ohio, where the Ohio River goes into there. Um, and I'm going to play one more video from Can you hear this, Mark? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She knows everything that was on that train. And then when you listen to the interviews on the television about some of these government officials, there's, there was only three tankers that were flammable on that train. Well, then why was there more than 20 burning? And so when you're shooting that stuff out and, and people have to listen to that, you develop a, a mistrust. You, you don't want, you don't, I don't even want to hear it anymore. Um, Cause they're not reputable. Agreed. And unfortunately, okay. I, I'm going to add one more thing. The Christian on the interview today with the CEO of Northern, he said, what are you going to do for me to make this right? And he says, we're going to do whatever it takes to make this right. Well, a person just like yourself asked, purchase this home. That seems like that would be the right thing to do. And he skated it. He just skated it. He just says, we're going to do the right thing by all you. Um, the right thing is a piece of property can't be back to where it was at. You own it. You caused it. You own it. And they're not doing that. Uh, big, big surprise there. That's an interesting question. That guy's very smart. Potty intelligent. Are you you going to purchase this home? I love that question. I mean, their property values are probably just plummeted. I mean, who's going to want to move there? Yeah. Imagine your whole life there. Imagine your business there. You can't put a price on some things because some things you pass on to your children. Like, what if you had a farm there and, and, and you wanted to pass that farm on to your son or his son's son? You can't do that anymore. You can't put a price on that. You can never put a price on that. It's just money. You're giving someone pieces of paper. They had land. They had property. They had animals. They had livelihood. And you're going to give them a bunch of pieces of green paper and think that that just makes up for it. It doesn't. It never will. Yeah. 
Really sad. Really sad. But. Uh, all right. But who cares about them? Let's move on to this. This shocked me. Apparently, the U.S. has sent an Abrams tank to Nigeria. Really? Yeah. Stacey Abrams is in Nigeria to observe the country's election. Thank you for being here. Let me ask you first, what are you seeing thus far at the different polling stations you have visited here in Abuja? I would say that despite a slow start uh, with the Vivas, we have seen orderly lines. We have seen long lines signaling. They have have the the crowd as Stacey Abrams, international observer. Strong enthusiasm. But we've also (laughs) seen a great deal of cooperation and a very peaceful conversation among voters. They want to be heard and they are willing to stand in line and have patience because they know that's their path to... Uh, I just got to read the crimes that, that, that come up. Growing insecurity slash separatist violence and ethnic <laughs> tensions are most pressing issues for many voters in Nigeria. And for some reason, we send Stacey Abrams there. It's interesting you say that because one of the things that I have observed the past few days, this huge contingent of youth voters that many believe will really play a significant role in this election. And the people that we've been speaking with have said they believe there will be high turnout today. You, of course, are well known in the United States for your activism, for being a political figure, an author, somebody who has done so much to try to expand voting rights. From the conversations that you have had, especially with youthful voters here in Nigeria, what is the takeaway? Well, I've had a chance to speak with uh, Yaga and with a number of youth voters across the across the state. And what they've said almost uniformly is they want to be heard. They believe progress is possible. They believe that more is possible. They I actually, I, I just had to cut it there. I couldn't listen to her. I, I actually don't even know why the hell we played that. I was just astonished by the fact that Stacey Abrams was in Nigeria overseeing elections as an international observer. How does that happen? Please explain that to me. How does Stacey Abrams get to, get to Nigeria? I, I don't know. And the best is she 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 is insistent, I think, still to this day that she won she won the governor race in what was it, 2018? I think it was 2018. Yes. That was when questioning elections were fine. Questioning yeah. elections then were fine. That was Don't totally forget, she, fine. She's one of the original election deniers. <sighs> okay. Well, it is it is Black History Month still. February twenty-eighth, the last day of Black History Month. What better way to end it than moving from Nigeria? Oh, hold on. Moving from Nigeria to back to the United States here with Joe Biden yesterday. Um, I don't know what the hell he was having at the White House celebrating Black History, but just listen to this quote. And by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know where the power is. I know where the power You think I'm joking? I learned a long time ago about the divine nine. I just uh, one more time. By the way, you know I'm not. I, I I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. What a what a response he got to that. I mean the laughter. I just are they I, laughing at him or with him? I, I don't know. I don't know. For all we know, this could be AI and it could be just a laugh track. Could be. <laughs> I just That's I find it hard to believe That's that this is at. real life, but it is. I think. I mean, Joe, we're at like we're at like the genesis of this AI stuff. Can you imagine in 20, 30 years from now what it's going to be like? No, no, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of terrifying if you ask me. I couldn't imagine it would be like this two years ago. If you like, if, if you knew me in two thousand nineteen, uh, this, this uh, none of this seemed possible. You know, I know. I, I swear, man, when I got that back surgery that I woke up and basically we had COVID. Like I, I literally, it was like, I think early January of 2020. I still think maybe I died or I'm in a coma from that, from that back surgery on that operating table. I, I, how could this all be happening? It's been a wild, wild ride this decade. So uh, let's wrap up with our disclose.tv segment and we'll read some headlines from across the globe going back six days ago. Uh, chime in, Joe, uh, whenever you want to. Tedros. For those of you who do not know who Tedros is, he is the World Health Organization's uh, czar. I don't know what you want to call him. King. 
This week, World Health Organization member states are hosting discussions on amendments to the international health regulations. Next week, countries will begin negotiations on a zero draft of the new pandemic accord. Joe? Raise the Jolly Roger, a.k.a. the black flag. (laughs) What this means is basically that the next pandemic, the United States will have literally no say in the response to it. It'll be all driven by the World Health Organization within each country. We got to test you again for a virus that you have, or you're asymptomatic, but you might have it. We got to test you to make sure, even though you're feeling totally fine, we got to yep. shove this thing up your nose into your brain. <laughs> By the way, it's amazing how many masks I see people, I still, I still see people wearing just out and just out and about, out and about um, in the car, at a gas station, in Costco. Really? It's... The, the car are the best, and they hang them from the side mirror, the, the rear view mirror, and they just collect dust up there. Lord knows how long they use it for. And then they get sick, and they wonder why. I should have got another booster. Yep. Uh, Biden tripped as he boarded Air Force One in Poland. It's just, the, remember what his He has spinal stenosis. It's the shuffling gait. It's definitely not from dementia, even though he never got a cognitive test or an MRI. He's vigorous. Very vigorous. He walked. He was so vigorous walking up, fell. Yeah. Uh, this is sad to see, uh, but it's another example of uh, a leftist organization that uh, has self-immolated. NPR, National Public Radio, to cut jobs by ten percent as ad revenue drops. Very sad. Ah, good for them. U.S. plans to more than quadruple the number of troops stationed in Taiwan in the coming months. U.S. to expand troop presence in Taiwan. The small contingent of American troops will be more than quadruple. Now, that could be misleading. We don't actually know how many troops are in Taiwan, do we, Joe? Or there's no number here given, but, you know. I mean, 10,000 or anything, but I, I bet you that that in, like, South Korea is probably one of the locations where, where uh, I think Germany is where we have a lot of troops, too. Maybe, maybe we don't have that many in mm-hmm. Taiwan. I'm not sure. Yep. No comment. United States readies an additional $10 billion in economic assistance for Ukraine, says Janet Yellen. Why? What does that mean, ready it? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Have you guys had enough of this yet? Have you guys had enough? I don't think they realize that, like, you're paying for this. Like, like when when you see your paycheck and you see, like, what you could have made versus what the government took, that's going to Ukraine. Don't don't believe that it's all just weapons. There's cash going there too, and, and it wasn't getting on it through FTX until that fell apart. The Lord knows what they're doing with the cash now. But I think they're paying for for government pensions in Ukraine. Biden admitted this a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago. She went to Ukraine to reinforce. I think we're going to get to that to reinforce the commitment from the Biden administration. Are you freaking kidding me? It's a joke. Uh, former FTX CEO Sam Bankman Freed is charged with conspiracy to make unlawful political contributions and defraud the Federal Elections Commission. SBF and his co conspirators made more than 300 illegal political donations in the United States, according to a new indictment that was unsealed today. Will they have to give those donations back, Joe, or not? I think they actually are going to have to. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure you're going to have to if they don't legally. Wouldn't it look really bad if they didn't? You're, you're probably not going to have them people that yeah. got the money stolen voted for you now. I mean. UN General Assembly again demands Russia withdraw troops from Ukraine, calling for a comprehensive and lasting peace. <sighs> they, they literally... And maybe you'll get this later. When the Russian delegation walked in to the UN, I think this is like two days ago, Western countries got up like little babies and walked out. There, there's, there's, there's no dialogue there, and that's dangerous, especially when you're throwing out accusations of war crimes and crimes against humanity with no evidence. It's dangerous, yep. especially with the nuclear power, especially you know, when you bombed your ally, Germany. The seven votes against that were Belarus, uh, North Korea, Eritrea, Mali, Nicaragua, Russia, and Syria. China in talks with Russia to supply combat drones. 100 could be delivered as soon as April. 
Okay, now that that makes sending really dumb. This is this is a different kind of war. I mean, I, I don't think fighting it with with tanks and old airplanes is going to work. It's just going to be a waste of money and a waste of I'm you, Ukrainian lives. What, what are we doing? Money, lives, time. Uh, Belarus's Lukashenko to meet Xi Jinping in China next week. Oh, man. Uh, we, we've talked about this. U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak, according to a new classified intelligence report. Again, how, how did, what exactly, how did it leak? How, how did yeah. the back get there? If it wasn't bat, and how the hell did that bat get coronavirus, and how the hell did that bat get inside the, the Wuhan lab? It's just come on, it's just too many questions, and you just get you get one little snippet, and this will be out of the news in a couple of days. Saudi Foreign Minister meets Zelensky in Kiev. What do you think that was about? Huh? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe. maybe... Maybe something from Russia to try to negotiate a peace via a third party like Saudi Arabia. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's a good one. I don't know either. Um, U.S. sends $444 million in aid to Yemen, according to Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State. I'm sure that'll just make the Saudis so thrilled with us. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's like, again, the example, the two pieces of flint, we're just sparking them together, just trying, trying. There's no dialogue, there's no talking, there's just more escalation. Yellen makes a surprise visit to Kiev, Ukraine. And then right below that, Yellen meets Zelensky in Kiev. So Zelensky met with the foreign minister of Saudi Arabia and Janet Yellen. Secretary of the uh, Treasury, uh, and within like three days, two days of each other. Do you think he changed his T-shirt or no? Um, let me see if he's wearing the same crew neck here. He's wearing a different sweatshirt. He's wearing a black sweatshirt with Gina Yellen. He was wearing a a, a uh, the uh, cargo green sweatshirt with the Foreign Minister of Saudi Arabia. Oh. Peshkov, NATO acts as a single bloc, no longer as a conditional adversary, but an enemy of Russia. I mean, the whole purpose of NATO was to stop. What was the what was the Russian bloc called? Warsaw Pact. Uh, the Iron Curtain. Yeah, it was. It was. I forget what the, it was. The Soviet Union and all their countries. I think it was. They were called the Warsaw Pact, and it was NATO versus. But then the Soviet Union fell. So what the hell is the purpose of NATO anymore? Yeah. Uh, inflation surprisingly rebounds in France and Spain. else 11 eu member states vow to strengthen the cooperation on nuclear energy germany absent i mean finally we get some common sense here a little bit we'll we'll see we'll see if this is just talk yeah nato chief allies have agreed that ukraine will become a member of our alliance in the long term great that's dumb really 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 dumb Really dumb. This is a good one. South Africa. This is from six hours ago. South Africa is on the verge of collapse. And I also read possible civil war. Amid rolling blackouts and warnings, a total power grid failure could lead to a civil war. They're talking 12-hour blackouts. I mean, how does this happen? I don't know, Another interesting tidbit, South Africa is a BRICS nation, Brazil, uh, Russia, India, China, um, South Africa. I think there's a couple more. So it's going to be very interesting to see if any of those countries come to South Africa. Yeah. Researchers now want to develop an organoid, organoid intelligence, not AI, OI, using 3D cultures of human brain cells. John Fetterman's brain cells? Surprised you didn't touch on him today. I, I just I don't know, man. I, I told you not to not to get on conspiracy land here. I told you I, I have this crazy weird feeling that 
that he's dead. And I, I honestly, I think I said Jimmy Carter too already died, and they are just waiting this so they could cover the news cycle with with this instead of something else. That's just, I mean, that that's a fringe conspiracy. But the fact that you can't see or hear from from John Fetterman is weird. One one of the, the I, I can't remember what county uh, Republicans demanded that they actually show him on on film to make sure he's still alive and not they're not trying to or brain dead not that he's necessarily dead just unable to perform his duties because he's a freaking vegetable and trying to avoid a special election which i think shapiro can still just appoint someone i don't think a date matters um so that's all we have from this close but i'm just reading this tweet from jack pasok here talking about south africa he said the riots we're about to see in south africa are going to be like nothing we've never we've ever seen before that's kind of scary well, they like George Floyd's over there, apparently. So maybe we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what think... happens, Joe, if we get to a point in this country where riots break out in cities in America that are far worse than we saw in what twenty twenty? Do you know why they weren't that bad? I mean, they were bad. Don't get me wrong. But do you know why they weren't worse? Because we had someone in charge that that actually tried to do something about it. I mean, he, he protected the federal buildings. He sent federal troops or federal whatever it was to some places like Portland to protect federal courthouses and federal buildings there. But but what happens whenever the commander-in-chief wants these riots? I'm not saying Biden does. Just raising the question that it's very possible, if you haven't been paying attention the last two years, that riots regarding race and race relations or class warfare, some, some people in our government might like that because it's a good distraction from all the shit they've been caught doing the last couple of years. Yeah. By the way, uh, revisiting this, you said at least two or maybe three episodes ago that Joe Biden was not going to visit East Palestine. Like before he even came out and said this, you said that he wasn't going. And now he said the other day, they asked him if he was going and he said, no, he's not going. He said he's, so. he's done all, he's talked to everyone there. He's, he talked to the, the both senators, which, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard because what, what can a senator do? He talked to the governor, both governors. He didn't mention any of the freaking people there, but all he talks about when he went to Ukraine is the Ukrainian people. It's, it's, it's almost like they're doing this, like it's almost like we're watching a movie and, and they're trying to wake everyone up here because what this dude is doing, it doesn't make any sense. How could everyone not hate him? Mm-hmm. I know. Very Orwellian, what's going on. Very. Um, so that's all we have um, for this episode. It's been a great episode. We, uh, we thank you all for listening. Joe, anything else you have today uh, in history? Yes, today in history. So um, today is the 30-year, yes, 30-year anniversary of when the government in Game of Thrones terms, when the government chose violence in the Waco siege, or as some call it, the Waco massacre, um, suspecting and only suspecting the group had been stockpiling illegal weapons, the ATF obtained a search warrant to arrest and an arrest warrant for David Koresh and other group members. Keep in mind, the group had a license to manufacture and sell weapons. So in a short synopsis, Suspected weapons violations resulted in the deaths of 86 people, some of whom were innocent children trapped inside. And who started the fire? I, I don't know. Was, was it the ATF? Was it our government? I don't know. But I'm not going to say the branch, the branch, I'm going to say Covidians, my God, the branch Covidians were right. I just don't think our government was right in that situation. And this seems like a vast, overreach and it resulted in the deaths of 86 people and innocent children and it doesn't get the attention it deserves and that happened starting the Waco siege started 30 years ago today on February 28th 1993 interesting alright uh, that's all we have thank you for listening share one of this out with just one of your normie friends in the words of our good friend Jack Posobiec be a force multiplier Joe take us home alright guys send the email it'll be in the show notes um 
If you have any questions, feel free. We love to hear them. We're going to end today on a song by, uh, by David Koresh. It's called, We Didn't Start the Fire.